The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and, of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Kia ora tato, this is Toby Manhai with another episode of your friendly local politics podcast, Gone by Lunchtime. What you're about to hear is part of the Gone by Lunchtime Megapod, a 12-hour epic event recorded on September 20 at Spinoff HQ. Enjoy. Heidi Mai, welcome back to the Spinoff Gone by Lunchtime Election 2023 Megapod. My name is Toby Manhoe and this is the second of 12 hours of wholesome and friendly pod conversation. Uh, We're going to talk in the first part of this hour about the debate some more, just really solve it, um, uh, give our verdict, all that sort of stuff. And in the second part of the hour, we've got Michael Wood, Labour MP for Mount Roskill coming in. First up... Mad Anna and Duncan, why don't you why don't you introduce yourselves? Because I don't know what your job titles are. It's really hard to keep up. All right, I can go first. Please. I'm uh, Mad Chapman. I'm the editor of the spinoff, um, and I have the exact same size head as Ben Thomas, apparently. Oh wow! Because I put these on and they yeah. fit perfectly, which is quite rare. <laughs> I've got a huge head. <laughs> Um, I'm Anna Rafferty Connell. I'm editor of the Bulletin and head of audience for the spin-off, and I'm here repping Beachhaven, the Otara of North Shore. All right. Damn, well, I didn't think of anything funny. Uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm Duncan Grieve. I'm my job title is founder, but we tried some other ones, but none of them fit, and this just allows me to do a, a kind of blamange of different mm. goulash mm-hmm. of different jobs. Mm. Um, should we do those? Should we do these the 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 stock questions first? Are you guys ready for that? We'll do we'll do we'll do turnout first. Do you do you have a prediction, Mad, of turnout for uh, the twenty twenty three election? It's being held on October fourteenth. I missed you saying what the previous ones were because I was um, <laughs> um, frantically l- editing a. Piece. Let me remind you: it's seventy four point two was twenty eleven, twenty fourteen was seventy seven point nine. 2017, 79.8, and 2020, 82.2. But this isn't like one of those, you know, maths problems where you have to work out what the next one is sequentially. Maybe it is. Um, I think 77 flat. 77 flat, thank you. Anna? I'm going to go 79. 79, thank you. You, you, don't, you don't, neither of you want decimal points. There's a, there's a box of chocolate fish. 79.8. Okay. So not peanut slabs, because that really blows the budget if you swap chocolate fish for peanut slabs. Okay. Like Have we got budget ours. for chocolate fish? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Chocolate fish. Okay. You, do, you know, do, do you want a decimal point? You're happy with 77? No, okay. 77 flat. Good. Duncan? 
Are you doing this all day, like with everyone? Yeah. Because I thought I could just do that classic thing of you take the bottom and then you own all of the, the possibilities below that. But uh, given that there'll that be a lot I'm more. asking you now. Yeah, no, no, but there's obviously more to come. So on that basis, I'm going to go 73.8. Okay, 73.8%. Mad, your political TV show, if you had one that you could take to a desert island? Mm, since it's quite... So it's got a lot of seasons, probably Veep. Veep, yeah. Good shout. Anna? I'm designated survivor. It's really bad. What's that? It's with Kiefer Sutherland and he's like the last congressman alive after Congress blows oh, up or okay. something and he yeah. has to be the president. Okay. Yeah. Good shout. I like that. Um, out of left field, Duncan? Yeah, that made me think of White House Down, which has got a similar <laughs> kind of vibe there. I've actually seen all of those those that, that series of movies, but that's um, unfortunately not a TV show. So I'm going to nominate um, the the thick of it. Embarrassingly, okay, that's fine. Now, what, last one on these before we get into the crunchy stuff. Uh, Mojo, there's been a uh, there's been a lot of talk about Mojo in this campaign. We've talked about Mojo a lot in the office, haven't we? We have. Yeah, there's been a lot of Mojo chat, um, and uh, Christopher Luxon has 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 argued that New Zealand's lost its Mojo and. Uh, so he's going to look for it and find some of it. We want to kind of get a sense, get a gauge on what the mojo is across the motu, as as as, as they say, and um, particularly our guests. Mad, your your mojo level from zero, all on, all gone, all lost, to ten, abundant. Um, since the definition of mojo seems to be quite um, not nailed down, mm. so I'll just go with my own personal definition in my head. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real optimistic and say eight. I love that. Yeah, spread those heads out on the mojo meter. Otherwise, <laughs> they're gonna be crowded down the bottom. And Rafetikano. Um, I've had about six cups of coffee this morning. Yes. So I'm on a solid like eleven point five. Wow. Did you get your coffee from? <laughs> I I did from. Mojo. Mojo. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I missed that non-promotional plug opportunity. Shocker. Sorry. 11.5. Wow. We're going to need a bigger chart. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come down real quick. Okay. Yeah. We'll ta- ask you at the end. Duncan? Yeah, I've actually had these. This I, I bought these off-brand Arepa sort of tablets and I put them in an Arepa jar. So I'm, I'm. Can you explain what Arepa is since it, you're doing the promo? It's a, it's a New yes, Zealand kind of. Uh, well, no, because these aren't actually the tablets. These are a cheaper knockoff version, but they contain the oh. same active ingredients. So if any of you guys want to increase your mojo with some L-theanine nootropic, live on pod, Toby, you're going to need it. I'm getting Take some. A couple. I'm getting some bad flashbacks. You holding out a jar of pills <laughs> towards me. <laughs> no, it's sensitive. Um, so my, my mojo is currently 10 because this is, I mean, we're on a megapod right now. Yes. Wow. This is the most thrilled I've been with the spinoff in years. Duncan uh, has been pacing the office <laughs> with adrenaline. Oh, my God. <laughs> our heads are on the, on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't You're realize that. The mojo, the mojo, mojo wow. meter. And you've flash. been downgraded to an eight. <laughs> so I've I also gone, been downgraded. Nah. <laughs> The, it's like the, ju- the jury had a discussion. Where were you all watching the debate? Where, where did you watch it, Matt? I watched it at my sister's house um, with a crying baby oh, in the background. Yeah, newborn. Um, like so really newborn. Like. Very newborn. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got a little bit um, distracted. But so it was just, there was just a lot of noise happening, which actually seemed quite Is the baby called Chris? The baby is not called Chris. No. Thank God. Um. Did you get a chance to catch some of the debate or was it oh, mostly? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we had to catch up 
a little bit. Um, and then the stream, the TVNZ stream stopped about a minute out. So then we got mm. back on. So we missed about 30 seconds in there at the end, which I'm sure was probably just absolute gold. Mm. Um, but yeah. Any moments stuck out for you? I mean, were there any, you're of course the, um, you know, the New Zealand commander in chief on memes that, you know, <laughs> were there, there, I mean, there weren't any Sotolofa moments, right? No. But was there anything that kind of approached that or came close? Anything that made you? There was, um, I feel like if you're really desperate, which I often am, you can, <laughs> you can, you could find something, um, you know, there's some, there's a good sort of um, queer template of Chris Luxon saying it. We took too long to come out. That was a good line. Mm. Where his meaning come out of um, lockdown, basically. You can check out um, Mad Chapman's Instagram stories <laughs> if you yeah. want to see a deployment of that. Um, there was, you know, things just being like everything's broken. You know, fitting the mojo of the country, basically. But no, there's nothing, and I don't think they will. They're kind of, they're both a bit too mm. polished to to throw out a husband as someone. We might need to rely on the the minor leaders or the, the, the power brokers or whatever you want to call it, debates for some more of those kind of characterful Yeah, inter- I think they they will probably have too many. But, um, <laughs> but I reckon the deputies, if the deputies debated that, I reckon there'll be something in mm. there. Okay. Anna, where did you watch? I watched it at, at my house and um, my dogs watched it for a little bit with me and my husband ignored it by and large. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Um, what did the dogs dogs have any thoughts? Um, one of them just looked perpetually grumpy, which I feel like was quite a good kind of frozen mm. um, facial expression for, for the duration. Um, and the other one we like to um, pretend is a David Seymour fan. I mean, he may actually be, but um, that's just one of the ways I'm coping with the election season, <laughs> anthropomorphizing my dogs. <laughs> and Duncan, where were you for the debate? You know where I was, Toby. I was right alongside you in yes. the, the bowels of TVNZ. Uh, we're surrounded by journalists, you know, where I feel most at home. Is that what was wrong with the audience? Yeah, it was the, the, the low energy. Well, they, they, I don't know, intentionally, but certainly there was just, there was a bunch of seats reserved for media and... Um, you know, they, they were all kind of quite square in the the eyeline of, of of the camera. I, I've, of course, like a normal person, went home and watched the debate again. And um, you got Jason Walls and uh, Joe Moyer, very prominent, beautiful um, couple, <laughs> beautiful couple, <laughs> and uh, and Steve Braunius, who you know wrote about himself sort of falling asleep for, for the Herald. And you you really do he does give off that energy, and he's he's well lit. In the frame, yeah, right behind just that's true, truly, truly his dream position to yeah. be in the. Yeah, he wrote in the Herald about it, there being a charisma-free room, and yeah, the other thing they did before Very the debate. Very funny to talk about that in a room that you're in, but well, <laughs> that's what I thought. But as far as the audience was concerned, the other thing they did was that the floor manager at the start said, "How many people here are from TVNZ?" And I think about eighty percent of the, the people who of the weren't room. other media put their hands up, and my assumption is that that's because of uh, Angry Fence Man, yeah. general state of things, that they you need to be really careful. You can't put a call out through any mechanism that is remotely public touching because you know that then you will have to deal with unexpected, uninvited visitors. And they had quite they had quite strict security. I've 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 never encountered that before in a, for a for a, for a TV event. Yeah, we, we, had we, like, we had like airport style. We did. Um, we got scanning. Were you frisked? No, 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 we were those, those wand, yeah, wandered. wandered. Yeah. Was there a warm-up act? 
like a comedian or something to no what well, like there is a sort of um, X like Factor a, or something or, like, yeah. or something could have done with I've, that I've mis- I, I once misdescribed that role as a fluffer and got on the podcast. <laughs> similar but different I got, I got to, told that was not correct um, you live and learn. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't, there wasn't that enthusiasm in the room, and it's a, it's a tricky call, right? Like I think you know sometimes the, these debates, the 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 the, the press one, uh, which is two thousand people, I think they have having again this year and again. You, I mean, Jesus Christ, I hope they, I hope they don't get ruined by by people standing up and shouting in their seats. But you get some raucous engagement. Mm. I remember some years in that one where you know Jerry Brownlee was having a tough time, and um, and John Key got some stick for that, and then the other way around, and it, you know. It, it definitely adds something. It becomes a kind of extra character in the in the drama of the debate. Well, I just wonder whether the sort of low energy kind of verdict that's been delivered by most media this morning is. It, it, I mean, it's a weird environment, right? It's a TV studio and it's being mediated by a moderator, but it it just felt very flat. And I just wondered mm. whether there wasn't a lot to feed off in the room. Yeah, and I mean, it's always it's kind of hard to tell when you go and watch those things in a studio because. They're obviously they've been coached. Everyone involved. This is a TV exercise. The, the the audience are only useful insofar as they feed into the TV exercise. Nothing else matters. The the what goes into the eyes and the brain of the people sitting in those seats couldn't be more irrelevant. Um, and I think that they were careful. Maybe Chris Hipkins especially. I mentioned this in the last hour. Not to use their outside voices, <laughs> you know? Like you need to be able to connect through that through that, through that, that camera to the lounges of the country, yada, yada, yada. And if you go parliamentary debate rhetoric, uh, you know, and, and start hollering, then that's people are just going to go, eh. And I think probably there had been conversations with Chris Hipkins beforehand, which is like everyone is saying you have to, do a king hit, you have to come in there and, you know, everyone is deploying every available sports metaphor to talk about how you need to leave um, Luxon on the canvas, such as your position. However, that brings with it the risk of swinging and missing and making an absolute egg of yourself, right? I mean, there's a, a, on the spinoff.co.nz right now, there mm-hmm. is a nice um, wrap-up of every single sports analogy used in the post-debate oh, really? analysis, <laughs> good, good. Um, which when that finished, I, when they zoomed out, and I was like, oh, they're in front of people too. Like, it was just silent. And hmm. were you given, uh, like, instruction on clapping or not clapping? Because debates is quite common. You know, if someone says something good, people clap or somebody might go ooh or something but it was just nothing yeah we, we were given instructions and i wonder if with hindsight maybe they over instructed us like it, it was a sort of clap when i clap um if something's really funny which luckily <laughs> that didn't happen <laughs> there didn't was happen there was no danger of that breaking out you can laugh but it was a, a little bit like it was very kind of be chill uh don't don't become a participant in the debate um uh, yeah it was, it was interesting being in the room and then watching it back. Like they, it came, they, even though, like it felt relatively even tempt, tempered in the room, right? Like compared to what they can be like. But on TV, I think the, the crosstalk feels a lot more combative than it sort of necessarily, than it kind of read on location. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, like I think that, you know, one thing that a lot of people have pointed out, which I totally buy, is. Yeah, this is this kind of purple election. The the two cl- parties that are most closely together, maybe arguably, uh, except in Greens and Te Party Māori, are Labour and National, and they are sort of 
gently performing a, a merger in, in some respects. And the, the, there just wasn't, you know, so the product differentiation wasn't there to make the thing crackle. So even if you were kind of partisan, where, where were the, where, there wasn't going to be a moment where you could kind of really leap on it. It was very different, though, from, was it Collins and Ardern at the uh, last election, mm. which, which definitely felt like they were kind of more of a separated unit. I also am not sure about that desk, you know, the shared yeah, desk. Yeah, the desk mm. no good. Not I thought it, it looked like a Yui Boom speaker. Yeah, I thought it looked like it had been a <laughs> like one of those ones you hold in your hand yeah. if you're a giant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just kind of weird for them to be, you know, I get that they have to face the front, but I was kind of keeping track and it took a long time for Hipkins to literally even just look mm. at Chris Nixon right. because mm. he's used to obviously looking at cameras and stuff. Yeah. I did also laugh a lot at the end when they finish and Hipkins is grinning down the barrel and Luxon is looking at the wrong camera and then he goes <laughs> <laughs> and like finds it eventually and <laughs> swivels back. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today. Skinny are helping you show how smart you are with the 1Q quiz, an all-new, super-challenging and super-quick daily quiz built by The Spin-Off. Every Monday, Skinny are giving you the chance to prove you're smart with the Skinny Extra Credit question. Get it right and you'll get the chance to score yourself some Skinny Extra mobile credit so you can text, call or even video call your group chat and gloat about how big your brain is. T's and C's apply. What about some other parts of the debate? It was interesting, I thought, that um, one of the interesting bits, because there was quite a lot of convergence, cross-convergence and turning the quick fires and stuff like that, but also on when did you buy your first house? And they, 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 I, think, I, think, I think Luxon said 24 and then Hipkins followed up with 24. But then in, in the ad break, uh, Hipkins said, oh, and I think he was saying this because he didn't want to be, you know, contradicted by somebody um, in the media or whatever. He said, oh, I think actually it might have been more. Just trying to do the maths, he said. Out loud, and he said, "I think it might have been twenty-two. Yeah, and so and he uh, said that sort of around the media, but not sort of to them in a yeah, way that kind and, of gave him plausible deniability. Sort, sort of fair enough, you know. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, but but that's does that speak it's to you wild. of ordinary? No, New it doesn't. I loved Charlotte Mary Lanning's comment in our wrap up <laughs> uh-huh. um, last night, which the entire flat gasped and <laughs> Well, you know, it's one of those out the time to, to the media insider, Shane Curry, who was there as well, that they write stories about this on the Herald. Like, yeah. young yeah. person buys a house yeah, yeah. is yeah, a story yeah. trope. Like, it, it's so rare nowadays that, that it's newsworthy what they both did. It's it's amazing. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should commission those stories. It sounds like a <laughs> it'll be quite funny to special. It, it really does. I did like like saying you know coming out of uni, struggling, stretching to buy a house in Nile, which is like central Wellington. You know that's not that's yeah. not buying out in the cheap suburbs. No. That's Nile ain't Nile. Yeah, and yeah. it was like. Yeah, what a, yeah, sitting on a box. Sitting on a box. I did love Alice yeah. Alice Neville's um, live blogging of the debate. You could tell she was 
not happy with a lot of the answers that they were giving. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> Reviewing the, the, them, the, the, scene, answer, the scene in the house, TV on a box, yeah. sitting on a deck chair. Ah, oh, those were the days. Too poor for a chair. Just nothing but a nothing but a four-bedroom villa <laughs> overlooking Appleton Park. <laughs> it is quite, yeah, amazing actually, because I think I'm about the same age as Chris Hipkins, or he's, and I definitely didn't buy a house at 22, like, I was 42. Did so it feel, how, did how it feel did possible? Happen? No, not at all. Because they definitely were a lot cheaper then, but, I mean, still not. It just doesn't cross your mind. Like, what are you doing at 22 no, when you go, I'm going to buy, buy a house? I was like, racking up a student loan buying, like, Savage Garden CDs, you know? <laughs> so yeah, it's, yeah. that's what I was doing. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I mean he, was, he was buying in the hut, the I assume, one. unless it was in Romati where his parents lived, but it was, I think it might have been, I think, I think it probably was the hut. And... I think property prices probably were uh, relatively affordable and hot compared to mm-hmm. all of, anyway. You know, twenty two. I guess he was working in Parliament already at that point. And, yeah, I guess you so. know that you know that moment when you first get a, a, a paycheck and you're like, whoa. Buy a house. I mean, I was like, I was, I'm going to buy a roti Chennai rather than buy a <laughs> house. <laughs> you know. Um, anything else from the debate that stuck out, uh, Duncan? Um, I mean, like. It, it, the, all of the talk going into it, some of it um, kind of adroitly placed by by National was, you know, Hipkins is you know this sort of superhero debater and and uh, Luxon this sort of bumbling fool and anything less than a uh, you know an absolute toweling is a victory for National. Mm. That did seem to actually kind of stick as a as a framing device, which I think was turned mm. out to be quite good, but. On, and and so a lot of the framing device in the commentary that followed. Well, it, it, going into it, I, when you're watching it, that was in yeah. your head, and then yeah, absolutely in, in the subsequent commentary. And I think that yeah, the fact was that him just he's shocked with his competence um, because I think mentally you were preparing for him to, to sort of stumble and and fall and so on. And um, it, I, I was surprised by how effective that was, how hard it was to kind of. Forget that, um, mm. and and as a result, I think that has flowed through into, you know, I, I haven't seen like I, you know I really tried to read every single piece of analysis of this from like the Daily Blog on up, and and it's why well just you know I, I find the Daily Blog fun. no I mean not the, not not the Daily that was fine I just mean I just mean generally isn't I mean like. Maybe Anna, you should get Duncan to write the bulletin. Yeah, for you. I mean, it's he's very welcome. To, uh, it's very. I'm very narrowly interested in this. Everything okay. else, you know. Right. Um, but no, like it's uh, so. So you know, like you can't find anyone calling it for for Hipkins in any kind of substantial way. Whereas there's, there's a lot of calling it for Luxon, and that a lot of feels people, substantial. myself included, called it draw, which means draw, draw ergo Luxon. Yeah. To be quite, is that when you because you read everything also? I did. Anna, I did for the I country's leading leading everything. morning newsletter, the Bulletin. The Bulletin. Yes. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I think I think the Herald, all five of the Herald, um, I'm going to call them adjudicators because that's the correct debate okay. language. Uh, they called it for luck, and I think you and I called it for luck. I mean, it's actually like illegal in debating rules to call a draw. Like somebody has I to love win. That. <laughs> So it's like American sports. You just keep playing. Yeah. That, that's Maybe the debate should have just kept going until one of them sort of collapsed like or, or it was an obvious. Yeah. 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 It's just more over time. Sounds like sports should be using debate analogies <laughs> to describe 
Yes. Not the other way around. Uh, I mean, I have I have all the language if anyone wants it. I mean, I think it's kind of interesting to call something a draw and then award Luxon the win in the context of the campaign purely based on the fact that everyone vaguely expected him to bottle it. You yeah. Know? Well, I mean, I mean, this was the that um, David Cunliffe, who was back, David Cunliffe back, Highlight. and good, and and good, yeah. and looking looking still like a cat, like like very very feline. Yeah. I mean, handsome cat. Handsome cat, Sitting David. in the chair, um, not dissimilar to how he sat on the log, I oh, will say. Oh, the leg up, The one leg up, one leg down. That, that image, yeah. if you don't it's remember that, that was the images on gorgeous. the front page of the Herald after the election in 2014, uh, which has just be seared, seared, seared into your brain if you if you. Oh, if that's you when, that. is that after he apologised for being a man but, or was that? that no, was, no, that was after that the campaign, election. But yeah, it was after, yeah. after, the, after the election itself. Is that there with sort of... Hungover-looking Shane Jones, um, the day after the 2020 election at the Duke, and the, the but the thing that David Cunliffe, uh, the the sports metaphor that he chose to use was one of the Rugby World Cup, where Hipkins was the All Blacks, but <laughs> needed to pull off. Yeah, Luxon was France going into at, at this stage and going into it, and therefore you needed a win in order to progress. So, so you're it's, behind in the pool. So, so it's but or or if you <laughs> Thanks, think man. of it, yeah, if you think of it like a like it being the the English Premier League, <laughs> the greatest. <laughs> oh no, we're, greatest, no, we're, we're not critiquing it now. We're just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes you need sometimes sometimes if if you're at the top of the table, a, a draw is a win. Oh my god! I'm flustered. I'm <laughs> we're, we're not Sorry. even an hour and a half into this. I need Callum to write next one. Mad. Any other strong moments you thought from either of them, particularly any moments that you thought they suddenly were going to break through and prove themselves to be uh, statesmen in waiting? Mm, not really. I did notice Chris Hipkins' huge smile. God loves to smile. Did you think? I thought. I thought. I thought Luxon's smile was pretty huge too. He was no, quite grinny, not Chris, as grinny. Chris Hipkins was. Okay, I mean, on TV certainly a lot of big okay. close-ups of okay. Chris Hipkins a lot grinning, of and I think there might be a bit of a nervous thing because it was kind of like a almost like a relieved uh, thing at the end of a question uh, when yeah. they had like settled down again. But I think as much as I, I really don't like sort of like I don't like watch people argue, so I hate watching debates in general. But I do just think they like each other too much. Like they they keep sort of I respect I respect him on this and actually mm. we agree and actually that's a bad question and we're both gonna kind of tell you off for asking about Taiwan and yada yada and I think they if there was just a little bit kind of like the Judith Jacinda thing where you go I don't think you would talk to each other outside of this room in any you know substantial way whereas mm. I feel like they would get along quite well and just go off and have a chat and talk about owning homes and things like that. So maybe a little bit of like sometime between now and the next debate, if there was just a little bit of something that irked the other. They need to like do might. some psychological work to sort of they need a have backstory. Pavlovian association <laughs> yeah, where just, it's like, you know, know where you do those those drugs where if you yeah. smoke it tastes bad, you know, that that's mm. they need to do something where they kind of, you know, like prod them with a, with a with a sharp needle and then put a picture of their rival <laughs> up against them. I this think is, we, people I, pay a lot yeah, of money for I this sort of strategic that, advice. That they're like both very fresh new rivals. Like this has only been introduced this season, yeah. this kind of Chris v. Chris battle. And because there's kind of a convergence that's almost at the brink of like grand coalition, you know, they don't actually have a, a, a rivalry back 
backstory. I mean, I I don't know if I believe Hipkin saying he didn't do practice with stand-ins, but I definitely think they need to, you know, set up some, like, blow-up kind of <laughs> dolls or something. <laughs> I don't know. Like, they really need to imagine kind I, of hating oh, well, I, on each other. I know other. that Luxon did have a stand-in for Hipkins, and whether the, the idea that Hipkins didn't seems weird. Seems fanciful. How would you prepare properly without... Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to role play it, right? You could no. say, "I'm just going to do debate prep," and we know. But, but what I what I'm curious to know is is because I, I I asked Chris Bishop, who's the campaign chair, to tell me who was doing, it, and he refused to tell me, which is fair enough. But he said uh, national some national party staffers and people. Who are helping? Which sounded like so. I was kind of imagining this entire range of different Chris Hipkins, <laughs> like a police lineup, and one of them will be like super angry Chris Hipkins, and one of them will be very absolutely relentlessly positive. I'm Chris sort of Hipkins imagining in like between, a... you know, and he has to kind of swap them out and say that you know Chris Langston is so prepared because he's been spending like a John you know forty six hours a day, or, or like a step up to the streets, you know, where people come out and they do like a special little dance in their own style, like like you know, yeah. and they should all be wearing masks. Can we talk? Quickly about because it has. I don't feel like I think there's been a lot of coverage and conversation about the 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 two Chris's, but not as much about the actual uh, moderating or is it adjudicating of the, of the debate? No, no, Jessica was the moderator. The adjudicators are the people who decided. Right. Them. Okay. Thank. Yeah. Thank you. Good to have an expert on hand. But because like afterwards, Jack Tame, who you know I think is widely considered the current. Uh, heavyweight champ of political interviewers, he made a comment about, uh, and, and we talked about this as well, Toby, about the um, you know the, the sort of fiscal hole in in, or, uh, in nationals tax plans about how that you sort of blinked and that went past, even though that has been the dominant talking point of the last two three weeks. And you know he basically said I would have pressed them on that, which was interesting given that's a close colleague and that. You know, you sort of felt like it was weird that he didn't get at least one of um, these debates. What did what what do you all think of? Uh, he's doing he's doing the minor leaders debate. Yeah, yeah, but but you know, there's a, there's something about the the hot lights and the the, the big stage with, with this one. A- any thoughts on on Jess Much Mackay's performance? Um, I feel like I don't like the whole time I'm watching them. I genuinely don't know how much is political interview and how much is setting up them to debate with each other. I think because they weren't doing as much debating with each other until the second half, basically, it did feel like maybe that's when you have to shift and actually do that for them almost, which she was more, I think, moderating. And then they kind of caught up on doing some of their own, like, defending and attacking. But... I also don't particularly like it when you watch a debate and then you're actually just watching somebody be interviewed for like five minutes. So, yeah, I, don't know, I think, one. I mean, and this is probably like a special episode of The Fold or something, but I think it really called into question the actual is that the, format. It's a spin off media podcast. That is a spin off <laughs> yeah. media podcast. Um, you know, like I found myself kind of wondering exactly what the point of it well, I mean, I don't mean to get existential, but from a format point of view... If Mojo's you, coming down. <laughs> Mojo's now. Yeah, um, drop, drop the Mojo meter or not. You know, like, I mean, Tame definitely has a different energy, but he's a great interviewer. And what is the, what is the purpose of those debates in terms yeah. of what we're supposed to be eliciting? Is yeah. it just a kind of read of how these leaders would perform under hot lights for an hour and a half? Because it's, 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 there's it's, not it's really to get hard, out of it And otherwise. it's really hard to do because, yeah, you can conduct two really, really impressive interviews, but yeah. that's not the purpose of the exercise, is it? And 
The other thing to note is that the first ones are always a bit more edgy. Like I can't remember a first one that really, whether it was Hosking, Campbell, or this, that that they have this sort of slightly kind of tentative air from all involved, and that seems to be kind of baked in, just natural. I mean, the other thing, though, in terms of the general kind of debatology of it is it's tempting, and I'm, maybe I'll do this with the Auckland Central Debate Zone, just to say, can you talk about housing and then go? You know? Like, I mean, if, if part of it is to test the character, mm-hmm. how these how, – because cause sometimes what you get with a debate is you get really tough, prepared questions, which are not whether or not they're gotcha, they're designed to make it difficult – and then you get shouting back and forth and interjection from each other. What you never get is how you would like your politics to be. You would like constructive discourse to work, which is like this. I mean, this is kind of the, this is perfect, <laughs> right? No, but, you know, I mean, like, how, do, but, people, but that, how do people get in a room and do a bit more like they have a conversation? Okay, well, I agree with you on that, but I would say that actually we need to say, well, let me challenge you on, you know, why not that? Well, I think because, you know, like it's that, that sort of uh, stated preferences versus revealed preferences thing where people say that they want to watch documentaries and then end up watching Too Hot to Handle. Like, yeah. I think that, that that is like an aspirational uh, quality that but people would find it boring and turn off the TV. Yeah, but I, I think that the um, – and I guess the tension of that is that there's a sort of a sparky kind of uh, interjecting thing that we, we you know, you quite like, and then there's a sort of – there's a, a delicate and quite fine line where it tips over into you're just kind of being boorish and interrupting a lot. And I don't know. Like, again, watching it, it felt like Luxon tipped over that line – more frequently than it did in the room, which was that that's the the sort of that interesting thing where you just it, it feels so different on on TV versus was live, and he wouldn't necessarily know that until afterwards. Thank you all very much for your insights and your jokes and um, just the charm, just the white is flying. Thanks so much. Um, we're going to be back shortly with Michael Wood on the spin-off election twenty twenty three Megapod. Thanks for listening. There's plenty more where this came from on your Gone By Lunchtime feed. Thanks to Jane, Te Ahe and Samuel and the rest of the team at the spin-off for making the Megapod happen. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. Kia ora e te iwi, te Ahe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spinoff. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spinoff member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spinoff Podcast Network.